Hi, I'm Adrian Ramsey, and firstly, I'd like to say thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Talk Design was created from my fascination of what creates great design. When you consider the world, you realize that everything is either designed by man or by nature. Designers have a massive impact on how humans live. Every moment I spend with design thinkers, I come away richer for the experience. And I wanted to share my passion to dig deeper, to talk about design with architects, inventors, artists, business people, about what inspires them, their design secrets, and how they find design inspiration. Having lived a life of design myself, training others in innovation and creating for others, I see huge value in sharing creative stories. I hope you enjoy the insights and passion my guests hold for life and design. And if you're in the world of creating design, that these stories inspire you. Thanks again. Today on Talk Design, I have this really fascinating guy. Now, his name's Richard Petrie. Richard was a first-class cricketer in New Zealand, played for New Zealand um, successfully as well, which is really good. And he is now known around the world as the world's leading marketing guy for architects. He trains architects and designers and people in those creative fields to really ramp up their marketing and do a better job and, and doing a better job with their marketing, do a better job for their clients. So Richard, welcome to Talk Design and um, tell us just a little bit about you to start with. Uh, well, I probably should say how I got into um, you know, working with architects and designers because I, I started out, um, well, I started out as a professional cricket player. So I, I did that for 12 years and that was, that was good fun. Very results driven because you, you can get dropped if you don't perform. So I always had that mindset. And then I did a lot of sales jobs, um, traditional type sales jobs in IT and photocopiers and all sorts of um, great, great experience. And then, um, and then went in coaching businesses. So I coached a broad range of businesses for about, I don't know, five or six years or something like that. And then ended up, for some reason, a guy from the States contacted me who had a big podcast following and said, can you do some interviews for marketing? Well, one of my clients was an architect who did very well. He, he discovered her that she was doing well and he sort of thought, oh, I've never heard of an architect or designer doing marketing that works. Um, so we interviewed her. That was that was a very successful podcast. He then interviewed me, and then it kind of just snowballed from there. And now, pretty much um, doing marketing for architects and designers, um, interior designers, landscapers, pretty much all I do. So it's interesting. I do it all day, every day, almost five days a week. So Fantastic. there's a lot of stuff I've seen. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of um, value and perspective as well. And hmm. um, I I know your business is you know global. And so what you're seeing in, say, India or South Africa and England and in America and Australia and New Zealand, there's a meshing. And um, it's no different from, as a, as a designer, being able to look at all the things that are happening around the world um, and trying to pick out what's best with them and how they're applicable in your marketplace. And, you know, something that you're able to do is get perspective from a mass market of people and hone it down to where it best fits 
for the advice for the people that you're working with locally or wherever Correct. they might be. And the interesting thing is whether it's India or the US or Australia or New Zealand or England, the problems are all the same. <laughs> they're all the same. It doesn't matter where you go. I mean, depending on the stage they're at, might be that might create differences or the size of the business, but um, it's always the same. It's always around just it, it, architecture seems to, around the world seems to be the only profession that spends so much time having to justify their fees. That's a major problem. Um, they do a whole lot of work for free, which is one of my big things is stopping people working for free and charging for advice. So that's a general common issue. Um, Winning better quality projects is, is a big driver for designers. Of course, they all, they're all working sort of one level below the projects they really want to do. And that's the same in India. Globally. Yep. And, and the other one is um, fee pressure. Everyone is saying they're experiencing fee pressure. Well, not everyone, but as a general trend. That's, you know, those are kind of the common things and it's every country's the same. They, they, as a general profession, they're undervalued um, designers. And I think um, partly because they're great at design, but they're not great at designing their sales and marketing system. That's one thing, but they're not great at communicating their value. Right. Right. And that's, that's the key. If you can't communicate your value and teach people the value of what you do, you can't expect them to go out and do it for themselves. You know, because you, you know, if you're an architect, you can't even do it. You can't explain your value. I'm talking about most most of them, which yeah. is why why you can't differentiate yourself, which is why your clients look at you and go, well, someone else is cheaper down the road. Because they, can't, they can't ascertain the value. Well, they can't ascertain the value. So why wouldn't they say, well, I can get a designer down the road and their portfolio looks good. I mean, yours looks good. I'm not saying yeah. you look like you do great work, but theirs does too, and they're a bit cheaper. And why wouldn't you, we all buy that way if we don't understand what the difference is of value is between architect A and architect B or designer A, designer B, um, of course. So unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, it's it's the designer's job to educate their little their little marketplace and their clients as to their unique value. It's your job to communicate that. And if you can't communicate it, then you're you're going to continue to have fee issues and and probably be working one or two levels below the type of projects you want. But when you can communicate it, boom, all of a sudden people will come to you because they've got a reason to come to you. It, it's fascinating, isn't it? When you're clear on um, what value you can bring to someone they can get clear on whether they need it or not. Correct. And and all of a sudden their buying decision is so simple. Oh, well, no one else is saying, will, will be saying that. Yeah. No yeah. one else will be the only person saying it and you'll, you'll get rapport with exactly a specific type of clients. But it also, it doesn't just help the clients understand, oh, he or she is the right person for me. It also helps the architect or designer to say, who actually do I add value to? You know, oh, who are so the ones who get the most value from my unique skills and experiences? Because what I've noticed with, um, I'll just use the word designers. What I've noticed with designers is you don't go into design by accident. No one goes 
no one goes to university, say, to do a BA and accidentally does a, you know, an architectural degree. <laughs> Doesn't, they don't start out doing medicine and cross credit to no. architecture. No, it's not. No one falls in there by accident. Doing design, particularly, you know, property and construction design, yep. is a, it's a calling. Yeah. Right? They, they get this overwhelming urge, like you, you're a creative guy. Yep. You just have, you don't have any option, you know, there's no option for you to go and decide you want to be an accountant because you think you could earn a bit more money. Impossible. If you could, you'd be a terrible accountant. So it's a yeah. calling. Being a being an architect, being a designer is a calling because it's so much hard work and you've got to do so much and put up with so much shit. You wouldn't do it unless you loved it, unless, unless you were drawn towards it. So architects, right. So so with that, with being drawn into it, I also believe we're getting quite philosophical. You know, I like this. Yeah. <laughs> but, but people who are drawn into something, you're drawn in there for a reason. I don't know why you're drawn in there. You know, um, some may say it's God or the universe or whatever it is you believe, but you've been drawn in there by something. I've got a fabulous friend in Los Angeles and she's a Kiwi girl. She's an actress in Los Angeles and she, um, she calls it the Godi verse. So she can't upside either side, whether it's God or the universe. Yeah, right. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. There's something drawing, you know, drawing us into these things. And um, so anyway, but when you get drawn into things, you are also given these little superpowers, you know, mm. because you don't get drawn into something without being given a couple of one or two little superpowers. So you get given those. And, and these are things that you can do, which you know you're good at them. And you know that you're better than other people. And other people might have other superpowers, but when it comes to design, some designers just see things other people don't see. Other people are great. You're a great sketcher. Um, I don't know. All designers seem to have their their one thing that they are, you know, the best in the world at, or at least world class at. Um, and it's just innate, and, and they're just lucky. And if you can work out, so coming back to who do I add value to? You know, we're designing your perfect client, but. You think, okay, what do, what do I actually do? And what, what are my special strengths? And who are the people who get the most value from my skills and my knowledge and my abilities? Yeah. Who, are the, who are those clients, right? Because those are the ones who get the most value from you. Because not everybody does. There's, there's a lot of shitty yeah. projects, right? There's a lot of shitty projects where you yeah. go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that one. But of the projects you're really happy you did and they lit you up, and the client was just, oh, you know, can't believe our luck that we found you. Those clients, what's the common thread with those clients, right? What is the thread? And what was the value they got? You know, what did they get? What were you able to pour into that? So they are just like, you know, oh my goodness, you know, I can't believe we, we were living in such a slum before. This is just, you know, whatever it is. And then you say, okay, well, that's my thing. That's my ideal type of project. That's my ideal type of client. How can I, I want to find, I don't want to find just anyone. I want to find people who are going to get that value, who, 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 who want that value, who can afford that type of value, that whatever the value is that I've given them, um, that appreciate that. And, and where can I find more of those? Because I might as well just target those people because as soon as they see me, they're going to want me. And as soon as I see them, I'm going to want them. It's like two dogs that recognize each other and they wag their tails. You go, yeah. 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 
that could be a really ugly analogy, but you're right. <laughs> that's it. And you're looking for the, the dog. Yeah, that's it. And so, yeah, yeah. you're not, and, and that's the thing with, with say, marketing is you're not, you can't be all things to all people. Um, there's some good people out there, but if you worked up with them, maybe it just wouldn't work. So you've got to know who you're for and who you're not for and stop trying to be all things to all people. Work out who you can be the best in the world for and specialize in those type of projects and those type of people. And you'll always be happy, I think. And you'll always earn decent money because you'll always be in demand. So, so what, what do you suggest for the people who, um, uh, and um, we all do it at different times, um, run with a scarcity mentality so that they, they, they don't believe that there's something in their belief system and their mindset says that there, there won't be enough of this kind of work. Um, and so therefore I've got to take everything. So therefore when they take everything, they never get to really do just the projects they like. So then their portfolio doesn't look like those projects. Correct. And then on the other side of it, they've spent all their time there instead of actually fishing in the right fishing hole yes. um, and networking. So tell me a bit about that. Yeah. I mean, that is a great question because I think, probably many of your listeners will be in that situation, right? I think so. Yeah. And, and, and it, look, architecture is tough. If, and, and people used to come to me and I go, what are you great at? What are you, you know, what, what's your specialty or anything like that? And they go, oh, my specialty is I'm a generalist. <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and they were, you know, they were saying. Oh, deadly I, serious. Yeah, they were. And, and, you know, they're right. They're right. What they're saying is, I can do a bit of everything. I'm, you know, I can, I'm, I'm flexible, I'm adaptable. And that is a strength. The problem is that's not, unfortunately, there's a, you know, there's a saying, jack of all trades. Master of none. That's how, that's how it appears to the marketplace. And that's the problem with being a generalist, even though being a generalist actually is a strength, but it's not perceived as a strength. We all want. So, so to anyone out that situation where you are, where you are the jack of all trades, but you're not going to be perceived as the jack of all trades. The high end of any market always wants the best yep. or the specialist or the expert or the one with awards and that one. They, the high end of any market wants that guy or that woman. And so if you're going to position yourself as a specialist, you're never going to be positioning yourself as someone special, right? You need uh -huh. to be special. You need to find a way to make you special and being a being an expert or a specialist in something is that and the big fear that everyone has is is if i narrow my range if i narrow my range on what i what i go for and i just put myself in this little box then i'm going to narrow my opportunities for doing work now here's the big here's the big secret to to, to pulling this off this is it so if you if you weren't listening to anything up until now just listen with, to this piece this is the just listen to this bit here <laughs> You, you don't have to be a specialist in one narrow little thing. You don't have to be an exclusive specialist in that little area when you can actually do that. But, you're, but when you're talking to people in that segment, if this is the one you want to move into, then what you do is you tailor your, you, you focus your message and your marketing and your education or whatever, any communication you focus to those people so what I'm saying is you specialize your marketing to these people. So you have specialist marketing systems to these people. It doesn't mean you can't go and do a project over here and a project over here and a project over here if they come up, you take them. 
but you really want these people. So you develop your marketing to target exactly these people. You say the things that they want to hear. You use the terms they use. You have pictures of people that look like them or like yep. the people they want and the houses they want. And you don't talk about all the stuff and you call yourself a specialist for this type of work, right? They don't want to see that you do this over here and you do this over here and they don't care if you do commercial, if it's high end residential. They don't want to see that. They just want to see that you specialize in beachfront luxury, $3 million plus homes. That's, yep. that's what they want yep. to see. Now, so you're catching a specific type of fish with a specific, and the way to look at it is like you're fishing with a fishing, with a fish, you know, looking for catfish. So this particular type of fish, it needs its own fishing rod with its own special reel and a yeah. special line and special baits. And you need to be in a special place to catch them. You don't use this fishing rod over here. So this is blue cod. You don't use this fishing rod with this bait and this hook in this place. You don't use that to catch barramundi or something else. Or a marlin or something. Marlin, yeah. you use yeah. this one. Yeah. And this is a dedicated marlin catching fishing rod. And, and that goes over here. And you know, this, you could have, and you could also have another one if you want. You start spreading yourself thin. But so that's what you need. You need a dedicated fishing rod, and the fishing rod is your marketing system or your marketing communications or your marketing strategy yeah for each place but but if 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 somebody niches yeah and and it doesn't mean that they can't take the other stuff it just means no. that they're they're fishing for a certain thing in a certain place in a certain hole and as you say being a generalist the yeah, fishing rod is, is is the niche thing yeah they might have they might have that it's the it's your marketing system is the niche thing if you still want to do other stuff but I know I, everything I know about this. Experience this. this is all I do. Yeah, well, look at look at you. You you are a marketing expert for architects and designers. It's not you're a marketing expert for um, photocopy salespeople or a marketing expert for small business. Yes. Um, it's it's small. It might be small business, but it's this in small business. Correct. And I'll, I'll, I've remembered my point. My point is that you think going narrow. So I'm, I've showed you how you can have the best of both worlds. Your yep. marketing system targets on that little fishing spot. But but the irony is less is more anyway. <laughs> and if you do a good job of this, you'll end up getting you'll end up getting more clients because you'll become more attractive because you are the expert, you are the specialist, and you'll become more attractive to those people and they'll start coming to you because, well, the high end of the market will start coming to you. Mm -hmm. Being an expert or a specialist, you might scare away the middle, lower end because they go, well, he's a specialist or she's a specialist and they're probably too, too expensive for me. And that's good as well. Or, or they don't have the time for me. Yeah, that's right. And that's yeah. fine. But the, the top end will, will gravitate towards you because you are you, you look yep. like you're the specialist expert. I remember a, um, a, a story which was about a, a job that was advertised and I think was done as, a, as a, an example. So they advertised a job for um, a general manager of a certain kind of business. It might have been a managing director or whatever. And... Um, this certain kind of business and they put that um, the salary was um, I think it was 
$300,000. And they got X number of people that came for the $300,000 salary. They put the same ad out and they put that the salary was a hundred thousand or eighty thousand dollars. And out of that, the eighty thousand dollar one performed way worse than the one where it was the specialists who know they do that job. Right. That they know that's what they get paid. Right. They that's the one that performed because most people didn't value themselves highly enough to apply for the job. Right. Right. Even the, yeah, they, they wouldn't take that stretch, yes. and um, it it's certainly something with um, yeah, like in my business, I'm a um, I design across a lot of different styles and and niching to my client type and to my location type is really my 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 niche. That's it. Yes. You know, we yes. we specialize in acreage property or large block property, right? Um, and it could be a new build or a renovation, it doesn't matter, but that's what we specialize in. Now that doesn't mean that we don't do a waterfront, you know, home or something like that as well. But those are the ones that we bring the most, most value to is in those bigger, bigger spaces. And it often means that we only do a single story home as well. So it's a slightly different dynamic from an upstairs, downstairs, those kind of things. So it's a really interesting thing. You don't, by narrowing it, you you just get people who they know you can do other stuff, but you get to talk to the people who just really want to do that stuff. And anything, it, it makes you more attractive. It makes you more attractive. And I, I mean, I think if you think of it like a great big vacuum cleaner, and I've got to tell you this story because it illustrates exactly what you're saying, right? But imagine a big vacuum cleaner with a suction thing that's big, big and wide, and you really put it wide. down, and it has very little suction. But then you you go like that. And now it's got, you've focused the energy and all of a sudden the, the sucking coming from the vacuum cleaner can pick everything up. Yep. It can pick up the whole floor. But here's my story. You've got to remember the story, right? This is a classic. So we've got a property, a uh, rental property, and um, it's got great views over Wellington Harbour. And um, I'd rent it out, but I, I was always getting these guys turn up and they're in their 20s and they'd have parties. And we, I came back from England one year and the neighbours said, oh, you know, I don't want to, you know, but the guys next door, I'm not sure they're quite the right tenants you want. And, you know, they, they had a sheep on the, on the deck of the, at one night at one of their parties. And it's like, oh, it's, a re it's quite a nice house. So I, I thought I'm sick of having 20 year old guys in my, this property because it, what I want, what, what I, I want, you know, I want ladies like the ladies next door. We, we were living in this house and next door, this house kept getting these 20, mid 20 year old, 25 year old professional woman. Yeah. I thought I want, I want the ones like the, like these ladies next door. I want 25 year old sort of physios and you know, I want them. Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'm a marketing guy. What am I doing? I, what I need to do is I need to focus my ad so I speak specifically to who I want. So I, I, I took out my old ad and I just showed, it was just a general one like everybody else, right? The so one that pets and sheep are okay. <laughs> no, yeah, no, it was just a general, right? Like everybody else writes. And I thought I've got to use my, put my marketing hat on and I've got to write an ad for it. And one exercise you do when you really focus in is you you, you pick an avatar. So yeah. I, said, I said, I want, what I want is like, 
the girls next door and I, I don't know who, I'd, I'd never spoken to them. I didn't know what they looked like. I just knew there was about four ladies living next door. So I'm going to pick one and say, she's Sally, she's 26, she's a physio. Here's what she likes, here's what she doesn't like. And I'm going to write my ad for Sally. Sally, for Sally, right? So I wrote this ad and, and I wrote, and I'll just try and remember it. Um, and it was something like, um, you know, they laughed when I read out everything I, I wanted a ha- in a house, you know, but when I showed them the house I got, they stopped, you know, they stopped laughing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, then I put, and then I put down Sally's list. Here's all the things I want in a house. You know, must have great afternoon sun, must have magnificent views over the harbour, must have a deck, you know, you know with, with views over the harbour, must have a garage, must have a bus stop within 25 minutes in case, you know. Yep. Must have, oh, you know, must have a deck so I can drink wine when I come home from work. Everything was geared up for a 26-year-old Sally physio who, um, the rent must be under X number of hundred dollars so that I can save for my trip to Europe. Oh, I love it. Right? I love it. So it was, right? Anyway, I got all these phone calls. I got 10, I got no, uh, 10 people booking for phone calls. Nine of them were women, right? Now, in the past, it had been mainly guys, probably because I'd written it like me. and Like a I'd, bloke. Yeah. I'd attract guys, but, but now I'd really honed it in. I got nine women. And the one guy that turned up was flatting with two other women. So anyway, before, on the, on the day of the ad, so I think I, I, think, um, I was going to show people through at nine. I said, look, it's the morning. I got a call at 8.30 from one woman. And she said, I'd taken calls. and I'd booked to see people at nine o'clock, something like that. She, she rang up and it was 8.30. And I said, oh, look, I'm heading around there now. I can show you around at nine. She said, oh, she said, are you showing other people at nine? So I said, yeah, everyone's coming through. Have you had much interest? Yes. Can I come at quarter to nine? And I said, oh, yeah, fair enough. Go on, good. I said, I'm going there now. So I am going to be there quarter to nine. Fair enough. Good on you. So she came through. I thought, oh, this woman is exactly what I was at. She's my Sally. She's Sally. Yeah. She's my Sally, right? She made sure she was Sally. So, so she came around the house and, and she said she was a physio, right? So, so anyway, so I said, oh, well, I tell you what, I mean, I, I think you're the, I'm, I'm seeing nine others, but, um, you know, fill this out. I'll see them, but it's yours subject to you guys getting them together. Cause I thought she was perfect. She was, she, she spoke well and all that anyway. So gave her the flat, saw everyone else. They were all good too, but she was good. So then called her up great it's you guys you guys have got the place oh we're so happy it's brilliant i said can you come around to my house and sign the rental agreement and she said sure where do you live and i said her titan they said oh great we're her tie tie as well i said great no, I said, no. i'm at i'm at 44 and she said you're not she said we're at 42 no <laughs> it was the girls next door how brilliant's that they didn't recognize me. I didn't recognize them. Yeah. As you say, the, yeah, ad, them. the ad was written for them. And, and it got them. Yeah. That, that's such a journey in a mindset and, and, and asking for what you want and B talking just to the people who, who you know want that stuff. Correct. And, and if you put yeah. that into the context of, of marketing architects or designers or anything it's that that's it it's like 
And I think there's a, a really cool thing there where you said an avatar. So, you know, like if you, if you've got an ideal client mm. and you can list who that ideal client is, then that's one thing. The other thing with it is if the ideal client's only 90% ideal, build the avatar that has it a hundred percent ideal. Yes. And, and from your experience of what weren't ideal clients, make sure that you've excluded those items from your ideal client because in the mindset and the Godiverse and everything starts um, being able to sort quicker. Mm. You know, um, I, I've got a great friend, Alan Pease, and he wrote the book, The Answer, and it's just about the what. Right. And um, it's about what you want. And yeah. look, you might get it and decide you don't want it. So then get rid of it. Mm. But it, it's, it's just about finding that what and mm. being clear about what that what is with as much detail as possible. Correct. Um, and don't be afraid to say, this is not for you if you are bomb, bomb, bomb. I, I think that's as good as, it, as asking for as, as excluding. Well, it is because the people who, who, you know, my perfect Sally, if I'd gone, you know, you're not this, you're not a guy who has sheep on the thing and you're not, a, I don't know, you're not a this, you're not, they go, that's me, that's me. Yeah. And you get even more rapport with them because it won't offend them if you say, don't, please don't call off this and this and this. They'll go, I fit all the criteria. Yep. Yeah, so in fact, like, I'm even more perfect for it. How could correct. he refuse me? Correct. Mm. In in that um, in that honing down, and mm. and as you said, look, you know, for people that are listening, if they if they can think about how they hone themselves down, I know you've got a, a, a process around, um, you know, sort of it's a baseball analogy. I think um, that takes people through that. Do you want to share any of that? We yeah, I'm sure with architects, it's, it's, this is kind of a qualification process for architects um, that I teach. And it, it kind of, um, some people, maybe the first time they hear it, they think, oh, that sounds a bit um, extreme. You know, I can't qualify people, clients out like that and all that. The, the truth is you can, but you're so used to doing it the old I call a lot of architects, they take the, or designers, they take the role of the humble servant, <laughs> right? They take the role of the humble servant and they are, because they're pleasers. Yeah. And they love doing a great job for their clients and they want to do a great job for their clients. The problem is they take on too wide a range of clients and, and they, you know, they really shouldn't be taking on half the clients they take on. They should. So, this, this process is about not saying, is about saying, forget being the humble servant. You're the special one. You're the one that was called into this. You're the one with the superpowers, particularly if you know your superpowers and you know the value you add. So therefore, take the view that, not, not that clients should be applying to work with you, although that would be ideal. That's where I'd like to get you, that they are applying to work with you. But at the very least, it's a mutual um, review process. So if someone calls you up, it's a mutual review process. And you make them feel that way as well. It's like, you know, you, you need scripts, but you need things like, listen, I don't know if if um, the project sounds awesome, sounds incredible. Um, we would need to meet and talk more about it. Um, sure. I don't know if I'm your perfect person for it, but if we sit down and have a chat, I can, uh, I can work out if I'm the best person for you. If I am, great, I'll let you know. If I'm not, I'll, I'll point you in the direction of someone who would be better suited. How does that sound? Well, sounds quite reasonable, actually. Now, what it does is it positions you as, one, not desperate. Two, 
you're going to make the decision as to whether you're a fit or not, not them. Three, I don't know, you must be in reasonable demand to have that sort of attitude. So it, it positions you different as opposed to the humble servant who would say, yes, yes, sir, you know, uh, yeah. where's your site? I'll run around. I, 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 I can be there in half an hour. Um, you know, you can pick my brains for the next two hours and I'll do some sketches for you and see if you like them. Um, that's weak. Yeah, that's that's so weak. So anyway, the, so I created this thing called a baseball analogy where, where effectively the client has to qualify themselves one, two, three, four times. They've, gotcha. got to go around, they've got to go around the bases. And they don't get to work with you unless they go all the way around the bases, right? So the first base, I'll do this reasonably quickly. I was, I was just thinking with, um, with, the, uh, with the thing, I was trying to try and put it into a dating analogy Right. <laughs> but anyway, let's do it as baseball. It was the first base, uh, second base thing that got me going there. Yeah, well, it would. <laughs> but this is the basis. So you, you take them around the bases. So first base is just basic qualifying questions. You know, do they have the money? Yep. So, you know, what's your budget? Or is there a number we have to be, be under? Or, you know, what do you think of spending? Do they have the budget? What's their time frame? Mm-hmm. Right? Is it is it now? Is it two years time? You know, um, do they have the authority to make the money and spend spend the money? Now, if, if it's residential, the answer is usually yes. But if you're dealing in commercial or something like that, you may have I'm not. Yeah, it's maybe the boss or something like that. So you need to find out who makes the decisions. Um, and do they have a need? Do they have a need? And yeah, you know, is there a driving reason for doing this project? Now, ideally, you want you know you want plenty of budget. Time is now. They have the authority, and they can't afford not to do the project. There's something yes. compelling. Something's burning. Correct. Yeah. Right. So, so that's base number one. If they if they meet all that, then they're on base number one. Then you look to get into base number two. Base number two is will they follow your process? Because either either the client follows your process for buying. Well, you follow their process for not buying. Yeah. Right? Clients don't have a process. So if you're going to play the humble servant and drive around everywhere they want you to drive to and they'll get back to you, it's, it's going to be a nightmare. You need a flow chart. Well, you know, you, you're looking for some sort of process. Here's, here's my process. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Here's how I operate. I do this, then we do this, and we do this, and we do this. Is that okay with you? And they'll go, yes. They'll go, yes. Right now, they're following you. Now you're in control, and they're following you. If they don't agree to that, either they're a large government department and they've already got a process, and you have to follow theirs, or they're going to be a nightmare because they don't have a process. Well, show me your process. Well, we don't have one. (laughs) Okay. Well, I've got one, and this works. And I like bringing projects in on time and on budget. And when we follow this, it does. That's what happens. Yeah, it's a great project. And we when we don't follow this, it doesn't. So. By all means, you don't have to follow this process, but if you're not going to follow it, then you're not going to work with me because, like I say, I like bringing projects in on time and on, but I like happy clients. And if they don't follow this, you know, you're not going to be happy, and so good luck, use someone else. So that's yes, but everyone will say yes, that's fine, because it looks really good. So now they're on base two. Now they're on base two. The next thing I want them to do, I now want to do, is get them to agree to all the risks in the project. Now, they may not know the risks. So I will have pre-organized a set of questions. Do you know Do you know the budget? Do you know the legal restraint constraints? Do you know the physical constraints? Do you know 
environmental constraints um yeah it's, whatever. yeah it's about whatever but i'll ask a whole lot of questions i call them strip naked questions yeah. where I'm, I'm trying to strip them naked and make them feel completely exposed you know you know when you're standing there and you somehow you've been the door's locked and you're outside and you've got no clothes on do you remember that adrian and and you're standing there like this and you're knocking on the yeah you feel completely exposed that's how i want them to feel because i don't want them confident i want them feeling vulnerable because projects are risky things and if they don't realize all the things that they don't know about this yes. thing then they are vulnerable so i need to let them know that they are vulnerable but it's okay because okay if they get on there and they they they, they admit yes we do have lots of holes they're on base number three right so and then base, they've, they've agreed to the risks that uh, that they can feel the, the the complexity of their project or the complexity correct. of what happen, has to happen yes. That's it. You've made them feel a little bit nervous and, and that's good for them. Yeah. Right. Because absolutely. That, yeah. Well, you're also teaching them uh, somewhere in there that they're getting an insight to what they don't know because you don't know what you don't know. Correct. So it, it, Correct. It, it takes that insight that bit further, which is super valuable. And what it does is make them highly motivated now to go and fill those voids. Yeah. And so that they can reduce their risk. Very important. So they're on third base now, they're naked, they're a little bit nervous, but they've got time, money, need and authority and they're prepared to follow your process. So now what you can do is hand them some clothes. Right. And you can say to them, right, okay, you do have a few gaps here. Um, you are a little bit exposed at the moment and, and unless we fill these gaps, you know, you put yourself at a bit of risk, but that's okay. I have the service I run, which is called, and you would have already explained this when you went through your thing. Sure, in your process chart. I, ha I have the service I run called a needs and options review or a feasibility review or a design diagnosis or something like that, where I will go through and I'll find all those things out for you. Um, you're aware of some of them now, which is good. Um, there are some others um, that I'm aware that you won't have, and, and I'll go and investigate all those things will eliminate all the assumptions and by eliminating all the assumptions and doing the pre-design research, yep. we, we are going to reduce your risk. Um, we're going to reduce your risk and it's also going to give us the opportunity to improve the design because we'll, we'll do some, a bit more analysis. Of course. And, and you've got a better depth of understanding of them and, and where their risk uh, tolerances are as well. Um, Correct. And, yeah. And, and then you, you, and to design for them, it becomes a much simpler task. Correct. And you might have done all that stuff, that research and all that, but you would have done it once you'd won the design client. I'm talking, yeah. about, Pre. I'm talking about carving off that research, selling it as a standalone product in front of your design services. And then, right. And the kicker is, you know, once I've done this and produced this info and done the research and homework for you, I'll give that to you. It'll reduce the risk of your project. Um, it'll allow whoever does the design to do much better design because they won't be making any assumptions and they'll know this and that and we'll, we'll go in detail a bit more exactly what you want, all that sort of stuff, whatever, whatever it is you want to put in that little package. Sure. Uh, you're, you're a master at this and then it, you know, it'll cost you $1,500 or, or, or something like that, but yeah. it's like, it's like an insurance policy. Now you can take this document that I'm going to produce for you. You can give it to me or any other architect or designer yeah. in town. And, and, and truly for the DIYers, they can often use that document for themselves. Yeah. It and can most be enough to keep them going. Yeah, most of them won't because the no. DIYs wouldn't agree to pay you fifteen hundred for that. No, they so don't it, see the the pre value in it. 
Well, they're trying to get everything for free and they were, you know, to pay for that when they're trying to really just pick your brains for free, it, it scares those people away because it's not free, you know, yeah. getting, you know, so yeah. that, that's that information that you provide and that knowledge, even just in that little piece there, um, you might say, oh, well, it might be 10 hours worth of work and, and so, you know, it seems a lot to charge two grand for that, but it's, it's not the time you invest it. it it's the knowledge. The hours you put it, yeah. It's not the it's not the hours you put into the document. It's the value you bought to those hours, and yeah, it might have only been five or ten hours worth of work or whatever. Maybe it was less, but it's taken you twenty years to be able to do that in five hours. Yep. You know, yep. it's valuable. They can't do it. it. It's like a surgeon doing their training. You know, a surgeon does their training. They become a doctor, then they become a specialist, and then they become a surgeon, yep. and you don't want them to take 12 hours to do the job that might take 20 minutes because you're open, you're exposed to all the risks, they're cutting you, they're doing all these things. If it takes 12 hours, it's either so major that it's going to, you know, really keep you alive. That's right. um, or it's something, you know, that, that it's the money they charge is because of their expertise mm -hmm. to do it mm -hmm. effectively and quickly. And if something isn't right, to be able to know what to do next. Correct. Correct. I've got a friend who's an anaesthetist and he says, people pay me to wake them up. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's exactly right. So and it's, there's the gift. You wake up at the end of the operation. You're not dead. Yep. You're not dead. Yep. Because all the stuff we're going to do to you would kill you otherwise. Mm, that's right. That's exactly right. right. And I think the surgeon analysis, so what you're effectively offering here is a diagnosis, the same way a surgeon would do a diagnosis before she operates. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you can say, you can say, you know, this is, this, that's what it is. I mean, this is one of the ways to sell this. If you're not used to charging for pre-designed advice, you know, um, you need to get used to it. You, you're screwing the industry up because there's too many architects going out giving you free advice and, and we need to stop it. And, and um, also not good advice necessarily. Some of it incredibly good advice and mm -hmm. some of it not good advice. And mm -hmm. if they have to hone their skills to give the right advice to people, then they will be giving better advice. And, um, if, you, and if you're becoming a specialist in, in that little area, you can probably do it in two hours. Yep. You know, yep. but it's still valuable because you spent 10 hours the first time, seven hours the next time, five hours the next time, you know, yep. two hours this time. Well, the fact that it took 10 hours the first time doesn't mean you should not charge them for 10 hours. Well, well, should you say, you say you bill, you know, $300 an hour, should that first guy be paying this massive amount of money? Um, and then the, the guy, you know, a hundred of these in, should only be paying three bucks because it only takes you that to do it. Yeah. is they're still getting the value. Yes. And so, so then it's like you're selling value. You're not selling hours. Mm. You're selling um, solutions and correct. Yeah. You're selling a result and the yeah. result is reduced risk on their project. You yeah. Know, allowing you to wake up. Yeah. We, we, we're selling you a greater chance of bringing the project in on time and on budget. Yeah. That's what we're selling you. And so that's in our third base. No, that's paying for that is to get them to home base. So first base is answering the basic qualifying questions. How much, how long, you know, yeah. when, uh, you have the authority. Uh, agreeing to your process gets them on the, you know, gets them on the second base. Yeah. 
understanding their risks gets them on and agreeing that they do have risks on third base. On third base yep. And agreeing to pay for this pre-designed advice gets them on fourth base. On fourth then, base. Yeah. And then you'll then you'll have them, then they're a client. Now now here's the here's the thing. You might charge them fifteen, you know, I mean I've had people charge anywhere from five hundred to uh, one guy charged fifty thousand for for this step, right? Obviously, it was a bigger type of thing. Sure. The record for a long time was twelve, and he said, "What's your record, Dion? What's your record?" I said, "Oh, I think probably five is the most I've heard for a, for one of these." And he said, "Oh, I did a twelve, so I've got the record." And I said, yeah, "Fair enough, good. I'll I'll tell people and set the bar." So um, the other thing you've got to realize, and this is psychological as well. It's all psychological. So let's say they say, yeah, yeah. And most people do. Everybody tells me I couldn't do it in my area because oh, yeah. other, yeah, other people would do it for free. The, the thing is, they will pay for it if you explain it kind of the way I said. If you, if you need training on it, come come to me and I'll give you the whole course on how to do it and give you the templates and the questions. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I'm not above, you know, a shameless little pitch, but um, I've given you a lot. I mean, we're just trying to score. It's supposed to be 25 minutes. We go, but yeah, we're going to say, oh, if they let's say they pay you fifteen hundred bucks for this, what you've what you've effectively done now, because they paid you for this, what you've effectively done is actually kneecapped every other designer around, because they're now at the moment they're out of it because yep. you are actually doing this. You're now doing this engagement with the client to go away and do some research. Well, they can bugger off, come back later, right? You're now doing this. You've got a chance to uh, get to know them develop a relationship, buy them coffee, walk around the site with them, talk about this, talk about that, deliver them a report. It's the project, the design, the design project is yours to lose from here. That, right? That's so true. That's a really good way of framing that. It's yours to lose because yeah. you've already been paid to actually, that, that, they've told you they want somebody and they've well, the chosen moment, you so far. You are their architect or yeah. designer at the moment. You're not doing the design, you're doing this, but you are their designer. That's how they're thinking. This yep. is my designer. So it's yours to lose. And there is there is um, stats on this, and this is not for, for architecture or this industry, but when you've as soon as you've got a dollar off someone, they've made one purchase, and it doesn't matter the dollar amount, they are five times more likely to make a second purchase from you, right? So in some respect, I don't even care if you charge them a dollar for the service. I, I think you should charge, I do care. You should charge, you know, I think a thousand at least. Yeah. Um, but, but even if you didn't, even the transaction alone, it, it, it qualifies them to make another transaction with you. It makes the second transaction doing design five times more likely. Yeah. Yeah. And there's gold in that. Wow. Yeah. You know? wow. I mean, that's, that's fantastic, Richard. It's like, if, Anybody listening and you know watching this will be able to go back through that and go there's absolute gold. I will say there's a lot in being a niche specialist mm -hmm. and the nuances that that brings and whilst what Richard's told you is as as an overview um, the drilling down in this stuff is where the gold is hidden you, you, you might have discovered the plot where the, where the gold mine can be and uh, you've uncovered maybe a nugget on the surface but there's a vein that you've got to follow mm. um, to actually get this stuff. And, and the value comes and again, take a specialist like Richard and it's his niche. He has the perspective. He's got years of, you know, um, process in it. 
and and it can teach you how to dig the gold like how to get that gold out of the mine um and the mine becomes your whole marketplace that mm -hmm. you want to operate in and mm -hmm. i think that's a, a really key point and there's a lot of nuances that make that work it's yeah and hopefully we, hopefully hopefully even you know obviously i like everyone to be a client of mine but hopefully we've given enough and in the mindset even the psychology that whatever you do you, you've you know you, you've picked up ideas that you can hopefully improve today yeah. so just even the mindset of of how to think about clients and and, and stop being the humble servant and, and that type of thing um, i think a key mindset shift um is if you if you're a designer um, most designers celebrate when they get a call to do a job um if you're a designer or an architect um you get this you, you get the call you've got to remember that that person is calling because they have a job they want you to do now it might be you they might be calling five people but they are calling because they have a need to fulfill mm -hmm. they're not calling to chat they're not calling to, they've got a need to fulfill. And um, so they're already partway down their client journey, whether mm. it's with you or somebody else. Um, but that's why the phone rings or that's why you get the email or that's why a lead gen fills in something is because they have a need to be fulfilled. And that's a really powerful thing because most people are sitting there going, um, I hope somebody, no, I wouldn't say most people, a lot of people sit there saying, I hope somebody calls. Um, and I, I sit there saying, I hope this person calls today. Yeah, right. Good and it's a very specific person that I'm looking for their call. Yes. Because design is, is too tough a job to do on shitty projects. Yeah. Right? It's, it's always shitty tough. people. Yeah. It's too tough a job, but it's a joy for, for the right type of projects. So yeah. I, I think um, less is more be focused don't be you know the, the natural inclination is to go broader right that's a natural inclination but you've got to fight that natural inclination to go narrower and 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 define as you see with lmps you know define exactly what it is you want yeah very specific be a sniper yeah marketing works better as a sniper than a machine gunner um be a sniper know exactly what you want and then trust the process that less is more and, and you'll get to yeah you come back around to that you'll resonate you'll resonate with those people much better if you just talk to those people yeah and, 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 and when you talk when you okay. when you talk when you create your writing and your any advertising or any messages you can get them yep if i love that for them well i'm going to say thank you so much man that was absolutely brilliant i think there is there's a meal in there. There's a, there's a smorgasbord in there. Um, for everybody who wants to contact Richard, um, Architects Marketing Institute, we will have that on our website here. Um, you'll be able to go on, see the details, make the contact, and um, there'll be various ways that Richard will be able to direct you to finding out more about his services, um, as well as being able to dig down with what he's told you now. Um, there's so much in it. There's so much in it. So thank you so much, man. Really, well, really appreciate it. Yep. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Adrian. And and good luck to everybody. Just, you know, life is too short to do bad projects. So <laughs> that's you know. so true. Everybody should have that written on their wall. Get picky. Get picky. It's time to be picky. That's it. Cheers, man.